Welcome to the Social Fabric Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Splendori. This is a spin-off of my main podcast, Social Fabric. The idea in these times is to have more and more conversations, and these uh, chronicles are specifically designed for quick conversation about a specific topic, whatever that may be. And this week, my guest is Siobhan Murray. She's a best-selling author of The Burnout Solution, international speaker, a psychotherapist. And we just spoke over Zoom about what it's like to work from home in this uh, moment of uncertainty as we're going through a pandemic with the coronavirus. Siobhan has some great practical advice on how to deal with self-isolation working from home. She's also running a resilience solution program through the Leo South Dublin on the 15th and the 22nd of April. So check out our website, Twist in the Jar, or the Leo South Dublin uh, local enterprise uh, website. Yeah, no, I've just been for a run, uh, sorry, for a walk and a, and a swim. I, I've been trying not to go running because it's just, uh, it doesn't feel right. Just uh, too many people around still. Yeah, I'm just very jealous that you, because of course I wait until, you know, the beginning of February to get into, as I call it, sea dipping, not mm-hmm. swimming. Mm-hmm. Big difference. Swimming is what I think takes about an hour. Dipping takes about four minutes. Um and now I I wouldn't even, I, I just wouldn't. I'm being, you know, I am adhering. I'm being good. I'm sticking within my two kilometers because why, if I don't do it and everyone else doesn't do it, then we've carnage. So, but even with the dogs, um, I didn't realize that there was a notice in the paper on Saturday that dogs have to stay on the leads now. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm. Hmm. Now, well, I went early enough this morning and my local park, I can kind of, there's bits of it. Um, and, and it's not because of too many people, but because they're saying that if I've COVID, I touch the dog, it stays on the dog's um, coat, and then you walk up and pet the dog, that's, it can be transmitted that way. Wow, I didn't know that. Now, I've been trying to go where there's absolutely nobody like this morning. There was nobody. I mean, the nearest person to me was about 30 meters away on the beach. She was, <laughs> was lovely. <laughs> yeah, it was really nice. <laughs> everything else okay? Hmm? Everything else okay? Everyone fit and healthy? Yeah, all good. All good. Getting used to being all in the same house all the time, you know, which <laughs> my kids, are, you know, my son is 19. It's not working at the moment because the shop is working is closed and my daughter's not in school and so uh, the first week was uh, was interesting. The second week, there was a few cracks. And I think now we all find our place and it seems to be okay now. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I just thought, I could, while my work has stopped, I, I thought I'd just do a, a carry on with doing more creative stuff and, and more interesting stuff that uh, may help somebody out there. So just uh, this is part of one of those things. Just... Uh, so more than ever now, we need more conversations and I just I put, put nice messages out or positive messages out of uh, how to deal with this virus and how to deal with uh, our community. And so basically just having a quick conversation. I just I was just listening to you talking uh, to RT on Saturday. Was it Saturday morning? Saturday a week ago. Yeah. Saturday a week ago. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that was interesting. You were talking about uh, how are you getting on because you're at home working and minding the kids all at the same time. How's that working? Well, it's funny um, because I predominantly, I was thinking about this yesterday, I, 70% of my work would be at home anyway. I created 
that about, I started doing that about three years ago that I would work with my clients from home. My office was at home. And, and that was as, as a single mom, so I could be here for the boys. And then about two years ago, I started transferring some of my clients onto Zoom, uh, onto video call, which meant that I could work with people further outside Dublin. And um, I was still doing my going into companies and talking. So about 30% of my work was still outside of the home, but a good percentage of my work. So I'm very used to working from home. And as an introvert, I'm quite happy being in my little cocoon. Um, but it has highlighted that as much as I say I'm an introvert, there are certain people that I genuinely, I do need that human contact. And we all do. Mm. Um, because without that human contact, that has, that's one of our, our primary needs is human contact. And that has really, I wouldn't need human contact maybe as much as, as other people going out on Friday nights, going to the pub, all of that. I had stopped doing that a long time ago. But even just meeting a friend, going for a walk, going for getting in a car, driving out to Sea Point, going for a quick swim, having a laugh, having that interaction. And, and it's funny, when I started doing the sea dips at the beginning of February, it was even the random chats with the 70-year-old man who's doing it for 20 years. The, the, those chance encounters that we have with people every day that we take for granted that we don't really, really honor, mm -hmm. they're gone because nobody wants to stop and have chats with you, even in the park or in the supermarket, or everybody is sort of very much keeping their distance. So I miss that. I miss those chance encounters um, with people. But with, with the coping with the kids, both of my kids are, they're only 18 months in the difference, but they're incredibly different. Um, what's worked for one kid, even though they both go to the same school, hasn't worked for the other kid at all. The 14-year-old really struggles with that motivation to do online. Um, and I'm not, and I'm being really, really um, strong, opinionated about this. This is not homeschooling. They are not doing new curriculum. My kids are first year and second year. They are doing revision. They're doing place mark study. Mm. So, you know, I'm not going, well, what have you learned today? Because it, it's not about what have they learned. They're not going forward. They're staying. They're, it's, it's all revision. And the teachers are incredible to be able to do this with them. But people getting themselves stressed about doing homeschooling. We're not homeschooling our kids. Thank God. Because I've never made the choice to homeschool. And nor would I. Um, and there are some people who, who do. But for others, I just think we need to be a little bit kinder to ourselves in how we have been approaching this. I think you said a couple of great things there on the, um, on the quick interview you had with RTE. You said uh, it was a fantastic uh, line, a marathon without a finish line. That's where we're at. And, and I thought, you know, so true because the world keeps saying we don't know what it's going to look like. But we had the first couple of weeks when 
it, it, it was just such a, such a different world that we all, like, I, I packed my desk with all the di- different things I wanted to do, you know, from drawing, writing, and, <laughs> and I said, whoa, 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 I'm going to say, I don't, I can't do all of this, not just yet, and I need to pace myself, I need to figure it all out. Well, and it's even interesting, I just wrote something down um, about, I, I'm writing about remote working. We're not, for people that have work in offices who brought that work home and who are now working from home, whether they have kids or whether they don't or, or anything, we're not remote working. We're currently in crisis management mode because of a worldwide pandemic. So, and I describe this, this is, this is, because you know, I, I, we've spoke before, I'm a very visual learner and explainer. But if you imagine you're sitting in your kitchen and you look in your back garden and in your back garden, there suddenly is a family of hungry wild bears and your back door is open and you automatically go, oh, sweet, dear God, I need to get the back door closed because these animals want to come in and eat me and my family. So you get the back door closed and you sit back down and your heart rate has escalated, your stress levels, your cortisol levels, everything has escalated. And then you get a ping on your laptop from me asking you to do something or for people who are remote working, um, a boss asking them to do something that's suddenly really urgent. And we're asking people to concentrate and focus and motivate themselves to work when all they can think about is the wild hungry bears in their back garden that want to get into the house and and eat them. When you break it down like that, I think it starts to allow people to go, because I I do, I see this a lot with, with some of my clients and just people contacting me going, I'm not motivated or my concentration levels are out the window. I don't know why. Because there's a pack of wild hungry bears in your back garden trying to get in. You're trying to protect yourself and your family. Whether your family is living somewhere else, whether it's elderly parents, that's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And then we're being really hard on ourselves because we're not doing what we think we should but we're not remote working because we're in crisis management because of the wild bears. Interesting. But the other thing you said, which I never thought it that way, and again, it's all this new reality that we live in. Uh, you said uh, even the commuting uh, you know, allows us to get into work mode, that 20 minutes, half an hour, an hour and a half, whatever it takes. And, and on the way home, it allows you to leave the work behind and get back into your family life. And now we don't have that. The commute is two minutes down to the kitchen. And I think, and it's something that even I do, is even if it's only going into the back garden, um, when I, and it's funny, because of all of this, I've got tighter with my work. I've got more precious. I have more time in the evening than I've had before. Um, but I've become quite precious about that that time. But I, I actually heard the other day somebody saying, and I personally don't recommend this because I think it's great that we're not getting in our cars um, somebody drives out of their driveway, drives down the road, turns around and comes back again, <laughs> for, which I thought was, was quite interesting. But for me, it's, it's about if you are working from home and you're starting to work at nine, you would have maybe previously got up at half six, seven, half seven, got yourself ready and commuted in whatever fashion, whether it was bike, dart, Lewis, bus, 
cycle. And that gave you time, without even realizing it, to switch out of home mode into work mode, and then vice versa on the way home. And so when you walked in your front door, you're able to go, okay, I'm home now. You might still have bits of work in your head, but you're making that transition. Because we're not doing that now, it's all blending into one big, long month, never mind day or week. It's just, so what I would love to see people doing is, you know, this is not about, because I'm not about making extra bread or doing online courses or, you know, suddenly <laughs> starting to do masses of new things, but taking what the structure that we have, which may be working, put in lunch, breakfast, dinner, and a walk if you're able to, if you're not self-isolating. Get those four things into your day and go, okay, they're my, my objectives for me personally. Um, I'm going to go outside before I start work. I'm going to walk down 10 houses, turn around and walk back 10 houses. That's literally all I'm saying, I'm not doing your big walk. And the same when you finish work, whether it's for lunch or whether it's at the end of the day, or if you're flipping, if you're doing two-hour shifts, if you've got kids and there's two adults working in the house, do the same with your two-hour shifts. Before you start taking on the kids' shift, just say, okay, give me five minutes. I just want to walk outside and walk back because that allows you to go from your work head into the, I'm minding the kids now for two hours. Um, and other than that, those four things, your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, because we need to be eating as well as we can because that is, it supports our physical health, but our mental health as well. And getting out for that walk if you can, or swim, or you know, whatever, if it's a cycle, that, that little bit of exercise. But again, if, if going for a run doesn't feel right, go for a walk. If it's, it's about finding that one little thing that you can do that's going to allow you to take a deep breath and go, okay, I've got through today because that's all we can do. Absolutely. Um, I think, uh, again, in the very short interview you had with Earthy was, was, was packed with really interesting uh, things. And, um, and I want to just uh, expand on a couple of things you said. One of them, I never thought of it. You know, you said the teachers have kids at home as well. You know, most of the teachers, they are teaching our kids actually have their kids hanging off them, trying to, to, to have their own lives. And the frontline workers, that's the other thing. I mean, they, these, these nurses and doctors and delivery drivers, I mean, that, that's all happening. There's no support there. So with your clients, um, and I mean, obviously your, your speciality is burnout. I mean, at the moment, that uh, must be kind of, what's, what's it like for the burnout for your clients at the moment or people out there? Oh. I, you know, the burnout, I don't think the burnout has fully hit yet because I think people are, especially frontline workers, and when I say frontline, I would like to clarify, I mean everybody from the person doing the food deliveries to the postman to uh, the, the people who are the incredible uh, medical profession who are working not just with COVID-19, but in other areas as well. Everyone is still, it's like that feeling of, I don't know if this has ever happened to you. You're working really, really hard and then you get on a plane to go on your two-week holiday and you're three days into your two-week holiday and you suddenly go, I can't believe I've got a cold. 
I, I must have picked it up on the plane. You didn't pick it up on the plane. You've literally, your body has just readjusted. So I think a lot of our frontline, the majority of our frontline workers from a burnout point of view, they're still in a heightened state of keep going, keep going. I'd say their sleep is being very badly affected because they're on such a level of, of adrenaline through their work, especially our medical frontline, that to be able to wind down is going to be really difficult. Um, I would say their eating habits within work are very poor, understandably. Um, they mightn't even be great when they're getting home in the evening because they're so exhausted, they're physically exhausted. I'm not so sure if the, the massive impact emotional exhaustion has fully hit yet, but by God, when it does, it's going to come like a train. Um, and I think, you know, if I look at other countries where, where I think one of the biggest things that may be happening, and I don't, again, I don't think it's happening here yet, is compassion fatigue. It's, it's where people are, go into a, situations like this, like full of gung-ho, I'm going to help, I'm going to do this. But actually, I have it written down here. There's four stages to compassion fatigue. There's the full-on phase. Then there's the irritability phase. And, you know, I, th I, I think maybe some people might be feeling that, that they're not getting the support that they need. So, um, or it's slower coming than, than anticipated. So it's irritable with either patients or with family members because we're, la we're lacking compassion towards them. Um, and then the sort of what happens after that is people go into withdrawal phase. They, they start to lose the ability to be able to interact and support. And then once you've hit that level, you're then at burnout. You're just, you don't have anything left in the pot to give. So we want to really, really make sure all of our support workers, regardless of what industry, that they're not getting there, that they have, um, they have all those supports. And that's hard. That's really hard because, and I can see it with the frontline, the medical frontline workers, where their adrenaline must be way, way up there. Yeah. And then there's the other side. Then there's the rest of us, the people that, um, as you mentioned earlier on, I'm not going to start to cook, uh, to make bread or, uh, you know, I think we all went into this, um, this crazy drive. Uh, I'm going to learn all new things in, in the next three, four weeks. But that brings its own pressures, right? Because I mean, apart from the fact that there's no, there's no flour left in the shops, <laughs> aside from that, then I mean, it's what do you hear about it? Like when you're talking to I don't know your friends, your clients, when they're saying, "Oh, I've been baking, I've been trying to do all this thing, trying to get fish, I don't know, trying to pack it all in within um, the confines uh, of the other house." It's, uh, I haven't been posting as much on, on Instagram. I love Instagram, but I, I suppose I've been watching very voyeuristically going, oh, there's another home workout. Oh, there's another loaf of bread. Oh, there's banana bread. Mm -hmm. And because I'm still working, mm -hmm. um, you know, massive amount hasn't changed because I'm still working. And because I've teens, I'm not having to sit at the kitchen table and do the primary school, keep them entertained. Um, as I say, my kids have been social distancing and self-isolating from me for quite a while because they're teenagers. And um, I think the pressure 
that people have been putting, and I've been posting on Insta stories about this, and the engagement I've got from people going, oh, like private message me going, oh, thank God, I haven't cleaned any cupboards yet. I haven't, you know, reorganized the kitchen or my wardrobe, or I haven't sorted through my books, or because it goes back to that level of concentration and motivation because of the bears in the back garden. <clears throat> Excuse me, that if if you're suddenly sitting doing something and you think, I actually I can't do this. I can't focus on learning French or Spanish because your brain can't shift into that new learning mode because it's it's dealing with crisis, crisis management. So if you had planned six weeks, eight weeks ago to take up working at, out at home, fire ahead. If you had decided that you were going to take on doing learning an online language, brilliant. But if you hadn't, don't feel the pressure or the need to do this. Or, or especially when you see somebody posting, their kids have learned how to play the piano online by themselves and they're six years old. <laughs> that kid would have learned anyway. So don't feel under pressure that your kid is still sitting for four hours or six hours in front of Disney Plus. You know, it's okay. We, it goes back to that kindness, that, that self-kindness. And I think what I'm starting to see this week, and this is not in disrespect to the, I'm going to take you with me, um, as, as always is, I have a dog that wants to go out. Oh, he's the same dog last time we met. <laughs> oh, sorry. No problem. But here's an interesting way of looking at this as well, is there's all these people at home who are healthy, and, and we're very happy to stay at home. And um, it's not, I'm not bored at home, I'm safe at home. Um, and I feel very, very privileged to be able to. But what I'm seeing now, and no one wants to admit it, and I think you should be allowed to admit it because it's not a bad thing. We need to, we need to say how we feel, is lockdown fatigue. Okay. And by that, it's, it's that feeling, it's that heavy feeling of I don't have the motivation to make the banana bread, learn the language, work out to the 60 million different things you can watch on, on different social media channels. It, it's, I just don't know what to do with myself. Mm. And that's not boredom. It's, it's a tiredness. And people don't really know what it is. Whereas it's nearly like if you, if you give it a name, you can go, okay, that's what it is. So I'm actually, I'm just going to sit here and be that for the next hour or two. And then that will pass and I'll then get up and do something. Whereas if we're not acknowledging how we feel and we're constantly pushing down and we're doing the, well, I'm home, I'm safe, so I should be happy. We can't sustain that all the time. We're allowed to go, you know, I feel pretty, pretty crappy right now. Um, and I think we need to say that that's not moaning and it's not being ungrateful. It's just uh, acknowledging it in the here and now. 
I'd say that's a good advice. And tell me something, uh, you at, uh, am I correct to say you had signed up to do the marathon this year? I did sign up to do the marathon, but here's the thing. I didn't get my, my um, I didn't get the entrant, but a friend of mine said, well, since it's probably made a pushback, I don't know, that I should. So I'm doing, in the evening, I do a walk with my dogs in the morning, and then I am doing a little run. Um, there's like a, a 5K loop. Um, so we'll see. Mm. So you might, you might still do it if it's on. And uh, tell me something, the last thing I'm going to... Oh, actually, before I ask you the last thing, you're doing something with the Leo South Dublin, am I correct? Some webinars on resilience, which I think is a fabulous thing. Yes. So what I've done is I sort of rejigged what I do with my uh, the burnout online course, and I made it more relevant to... As I was saying earlier, you know, I don't think people have hit the burnout, but if we can keep them in a level of resilience and really understanding what resilience is and what they need to do mm. to be able to keep that resilience you know, buoyant, then we will hopefully not have people hitting burnout. But for Leo, um, South Dublin, what I'm doing is it's for people who have small to medium businesses that are going to be able to have that support from me because maybe they've gone from being in a, a, an office with or manufacturing or a factory um, with a few more people to suddenly being pushed back into the kitchen table um, office. So to give them that support um, to, to help build their resilience which I'm delighted to be able to do. So it's been done over two um, two-hour webinars, and people have the opportunity because they're live to send in questions to me anonymously throughout the webinars, and I'll answer them as best I can or follow up with them. And when are when are the dates of those, there, Siobhan? The fifteenth, okay. and then I think the twenty-second. Uh, Grace. So then, the last thing: Are you listening to any music these days? Anything new you discovered? Because I'm finding out a lot of great new new music of loads of time now. <laughs> it's funny. I have a friend in Scotland, and he is he, he's on a, a completely different change of of life. He went from working. Uh, he was 12 years as an engineer in the army, and he's now training to be a paramedic. And um, he, his life then kind of got flipped because college closed. Um, he was on placement and ambulance and in hospitals that got cut short but I think he's now actually going to be put into to put back on ambulance duty up in Scotland and he it's great he just makes playlists for me and shares them with me um, pretty much on a daily basis the most random stuff um, that I wouldn't necessarily have re-listened to or, or listened to in the first place but it kind of triggered me to start listening to a lot of music I listened to in the 80s, but would have been maybe from the 60s and 70s. So back listening to uh, Nico and the Velvet Underground and listening to the Sundays and um, Ian Jury and the Blockheads, like just oh, stuff that you kind of... Um, wouldn't necessarily because it's sort of you know i think music is like dominoes you listen to one thing and it it, it knocks off to the next one goes oh, that reminds me of and, and it literally goes before you know it you're listening to soul to soul and then you're listening over here to 
you know, the pixies because you just go, God, I remember being there when I heard that and th then that happened. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Siobhan Murray, listen, that was fantastic. Uh, you look happy and healthy and stay safe. And uh, hopefully when this is all over, we will have that coffee in Terra New in Rathmines, uh, in Ernesto Coffee. Yes, absolutely. Yes, then, I look forward to that. Thanks a million again, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, you take care.